Hey friends, I'm back. So, um, it's been a couple weeks since I've recorded an episode, but I'm here and I wanted to just talk to you guys about, honestly, I don't even know. Um, I think that's why I haven't recorded because I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. So let's just chat, right? Um, where have I been? So I recently uh, got COVID, which is so interesting because I've made it this far through the pandemic without getting the Rona. And here I am, you know, last week of summer with the kids, last, you know, week of just whatever. And I get COVID and we were supposed to have this, you know, end of summer kickoff party on Friday and I'm going to still, you know, I'm going to be out of quarantine, but like, who's going to want to come to my house and have a Rona party? No one. So anyway, um, how did I get some of the most commonly asked questions, right? Is how did I get COVID? And you're like, I don't flip and know how I got it. Okay. So everyone wants to know who gave it to you. How did you get it? Where did you find it? Like, it's like, everyone wants to know if you found the molecule, picked it up. Like, I don't know. Is it the Delta variant? Who knows? In you know, did I get it from, you know, Lake George? I don't know. And so I find it so interesting that that's the biggest question that I've been asked. Um, the other question that I've been asked is what symptoms did I have and how did I discover it? And so John and the kids had gotten sick. I assumed it was the flu. I don't always assume it's COVID like everyone else. I assumed it was the flu and, um, turns out it wasn't. And they had some fevers, weren't really feeling well. And then I went to work, um, and I'm vaccinated. So like, that's, that's fine. You know, we're told that you can kind of continue on living life normal if you're a vaccinated person. So I went to work, I was totally fine. And then all of a sudden after lunch, it was like this cloud came over me. I had a sore throat and I was so exhausted. And I literally looked at my coworker. I go, do you think you could make it the last hour? Cause I got to go. And I left and I wasn't going to call out for the next day. And then I got home, had a 102 fever and was like, I'm done. So called out, got a COVID test. It was positive. And, um, now we're here. So so far so good. We definitely lost our sense of taste and smell, which I would say is the worst because I could take being sick for a little bit, but not being able to eat and enjoy food. Oh my goodness, guys, if you know me, like I'm a binge eater. Like I have a serious problem with food and the fact that I can't eat food, which is my comfort, that I can't binge food, which is a comfort. Um, and I'm kind of laughing as I'm saying this because those are unhealthy habits. But the point is, is like, what the heck? I can't eat. I want to like bake and I want to do stuff. And I'm like, meh. So good and bad. Uh, it's definitely stopped me from binging and from, you know, when I put something in my mouth and I taste it, I don't taste it. And I'm like, well, this is no purpose. So I'm no longer, you know, shoveling food in my mouth. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, what else? Um, tired, it's harder to do certain things. So like I haven't really worked out. I've taken walks every day. Um, other than that, we had this, this kind of couple days of like a real bad flu and then we've been fine. And you can hear in my voice, there's still a little congestion, but nothing compared to what it was. So I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling like God took care of us. And you know, I know for me and the girls, we're through the woods. Johnny's got a little bit of, um, he's got asthma. So I'm a little more worried about him just fully recovering. 
but so far so good. So enough about COVID. What else do we want to talk about? Um, a lot of you have asked about me as a mom having mental health issues. So let's talk about that. Um, you know, my mental health issues have affected my family for sure, but I like to think that the girls are relatively protected because they have a really great dad. So the girls sometimes will say like, oh, mommy, you know, my mommy cries sometimes. Um, or, you know, I'm mean mommy sometimes, but nothing out of the normal, nothing like that I haven't seen other moms say or other parents feel, um, I'm typically pretty present with the kids, you know, except for the times that I'm on my phone and I'm not present, um, you know, guilty as charged. I think we all can say that that's something that we can be better at, but, um, being sad or being disconnected is really hard with the kids, but I find that I just really try to focus on, um, being present in those like mini moments because at the end of the day your kids don't need you 100% of the time right there's times they're playing there's times they're doing other things there's times they're watching their own tablets so what I try to do is in the times that they're watching their own tablets or the times that they're playing is when I you know maybe might you know go take a bath or I might um you know, be feeling the sad feelings or the anxious feelings, but I can kind of trudge through. Um, it's never been debilitating except for maybe one or two times, um, over the past year. Um, Johnny always notices. So Johnny will say, you know, you know, my, my husband, he can see the deep sadness or the anxiousness or, you know, the manic episodes, but the kids really just see me as mom into them. It's pretty normal for mom to have emotional moments. And so I like to explain to them. I love to say, you know, mommy's really sad right now. Um, but it's not about anything in particular, or I can say to them, mommy's having a hard day today and they get that like children can understand more than we think they can. And if you're honest with them, if you're able to say like on days when I am yelling or I'm, you know, I'm irritable, if you can say to your child, Hey, I'm sorry that I felt that way today and I'm sorry that I yelled at you today so much. Mommy was having a hard day and everything you were doing was really annoying to me, but it wasn't that you were annoying. It was that the things you were doing were bothering me today and they are so good. And if you caught my stories just the other day, Olivia said to me, I came out of the room, you know, we all have COVID, irritable, tired. I'm crying. I came out of the room and in my head, I thought these kids deserve better, right? Because I looked at my husband who cleans the whole house while he has COVID, you know, taking care of everyone, you know, making 78 different meals, um, constantly up and down, standing up and down. He can't rest. He's doing it all by himself and he's the stay at home parent. So he's doing this 24 hours a day and I just stroll in after work and kind of, you know, help out a little bit, but he's got it on lock. He's doing all the things every single day. And here I am home and I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm a terrible mother. I'm not good enough. I couldn't be a stay-at-home parent. Look at me. Woe is me. I suck. Okay. 
And so I walk out and I say to John, I don't know why you're with me. I don't know why you stay with me. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to be their mom. I'm not good enough to be, you know, your wife. And like, I get get sad thinking about saying that. And Olivia comes around the corner and hugs me so, so tight. And she takes my face in her hands and she's like, mom, you're the best mom ever. And everything that you need is inside of you. And you can do really hard things and you're so good. And you just have to believe that yourself and you're going to be okay. Now that's my seven-year-old daughter, okay? And in that moment, I'm like, what did I do to deserve you? And I realized, like, no, no, no. She didn't figure that out on her own. And she for sure didn't get that from John. And, you know, he is so good at so many things. But when it comes to that, like, you know, affirmation-y type shit, that's all me. And so Olivia said, mom... That's what you say to me and the girls all the time. And I just had this moment of clarity that like, I'm doing okay. Okay. So when people ask me, did my mental health issues, did my, you know, just does my bipolar, does that affect my kids? Yeah. But the cool thing is, is it has also affected them in a positive way because the things that I say and the things that I do and the things that I instill in my children are working. And so for my seven-year-old to give me that come to Jesus moment is like, all right, you're doing okay, mama. You're doing okay. So I want you, if you're a mom or a dad and you're feeling shame or you're feeling like I'm failing today, Remember that the tiny humans that you are raising have so much wisdom. And if you look at them and you ask them for feedback, they can totally give you what you need in that moment. And so I often ask my kids for feedback. I often say, hey, you know that I love you, right? And of course, their answer is always yes. And then I'll say, Are there times that mommy makes you feel unloved? And they'll say things like, yeah, when you didn't give me the gum the other day or when you told me I couldn't have a second ice cream. And they'll give me these silly things that remind me that those were good mom moments, right? Because most of the time I'm going to give them the second bowl of ice cream. But in the times that I didn't, if those are the only times that my children think I was a bad mom, I'm winning. They almost never say the time you yelled at me. Now, Coda, my middle, she'll kind of give you, she'll guilt you. She'll be like, oh, I never know you love me and you never pay attention to me and you never. Okay, she'll really, she's the middle child. She'll really give you a whole run for your money about what you don't do good enough. But I have to take her with a grain of salt. Cecilia is still too young for me to really get feedback from, um, but Cecilia is kind of mean, which is so interesting. She was like the sweetest little angel and now she's super mean. Um, but I know I'm a good mom to her. Like I, she's my baby. I pour the whole world into that kid. So you have to be able to listen to your kids and say, do you feel like mommy spends enough time with you? 
And I often ask, like, if my kids have been going out more, like, let's say they spent a lot of time at my mom's or my mother-in-law's house. And, you know, I felt like, wow, like I had a disconnected week from them because as your kids get older, you know, I know when my kids were little, I was very like, they were close to me. Like I was like not letting them go. I was not letting them have sleepovers. I was not letting them go, you know, they would go spend a little bit of time with their grandparents. Like I wasn't one to leave the kids. I wasn't one to, you know, send the kids off and, and have mommy and daddy time. We never had date nights. We never spent time alone. Not until, and I'm going to be really honest with you. I need you to understand not until very recently. Like I would say not until a few months ago, did my kids spend as much time as they do outside of the home. And so, you know, they've had quite a bit more sleepovers, but their choices, the kids are saying, I want to sleep at my Nana's house. I want to sleep at my Meme's house. I want to do. I didn't want to send my kids when they couldn't make the choice. I didn't want to send my kids. And again, when I needed to, but I didn't overuse grandparents or friends or babysitters because I felt like it was my job. I felt like I, as a mom, made a decision to have children. And so they were my responsibility. They were John's responsibility. So we didn't use um, the breaks. We didn't say like, we need a break. Um, Until very recently, again, when my mental health issues kind of came to a head when the bipolar, when the manic episodes, you know, we realized that we did need a little bit of time to work through some of the things that had come up. And so we did use family a little bit more. And I have found that in those moments when I feel disconnected from the kids, I will often ask them, how are you guys doing? Did you miss mama this week? Did you feel like you were away too much? And asking those types of questions allows you to have an understanding of where your kids are at. And they'll say to me sometimes, you know, we don't want to go anywhere today. And we'll ask them, we'll say, do you want to go? Do you want to sleep over? Do you want? And they can answer you honestly and let you know, hey, no, I don't want to. I want to stay home today. And my kids, our kids are so much like us, that they love to be with us as a unit. They love our family unit. They love their home. And that's all that we could ever ask for is that our kids love to be here and they love to be with their family and they love to go have sleepovers, but they know this is home base. They know that this house is filled with love for them and that even if we yell at them and even if, you know, we get in fights, um, that love comes first And so, you know, to bring it back to did my mental health issues affect my family? Yeah, of course they did. Of course there were moments where, you know, maybe we sat on the couch a little bit more that day because mommy wasn't feeling up to doing things. But as a whole, no, my kids have had so much love and they are healthy, you know, relatively normal children in this world that we live in. So 
when it comes to who was the most affected, it would be John. He has, you know, he's the one that watches me behind the scenes. He's the one that sees me crying. He's the one that knows what's really on my heart. He's the one that knows how stressed I am. He's the one that knows how much I hate my job. He's the one that hears it all the time. So who's the most affected? It's it's the spouse. It's the spouse who is the one that's beat up on because, you know, I had a hard day at work, so I take it out on him. The spouse is the one that has to deal with the mental health issues because they're the ones that are protecting everyone else because as someone who struggles your main purpose is to not hurt your kids right so you're like okay if I could just compartmentalize enough to not hurt them and then you know then you have the spouse that you're like I'm telling them how I feel I'm being real I'm I'm saying all the things and they're taking on that burden and then they're helping pick up the slack and so there was a season where I did nothing when I tell you I woke up out of the mental health haze. I woke up out of the bipolar, manic, depressive season and was like, holy shit, there is a pile of clean clothes that I have been living out of for months. It was like in my workout room, stacks and stacks of clothes and they were clean, but they were in piles. I never put them in a drawer. There was clutter everywhere. I was working out in this tiny little space that was like, I could just kick clutter out of the way. And for me, when I see that, that was a sign of the depression. That was a sign of even the manic state of me not caring, of me not seeing with my eyes. And so I remember the day that my eyes were opened is I was super depressed. Um, I had just come out of this really high, high state. And this was very recently. It was right around my birthday. It was the week of my birthday, honestly. And I was in this high, high, high state. And I came out of it. And I came home from work. And I couldn't even function. I was like, I need a nap. And that's not like me. I was like, I need a nap. And I went into the bedroom. And I sobbed and cried myself to sleep. And I took this, you know, two-hour nap. And I woke up. And I saw the piles for the first time. And I was like, wow. I have not been present for months. I have not been here in this space for months. And and when I say that, again, you hear me say contradictory, right? I was present with my kids, but I haven't been present for months. Just because I wasn't present, meaning in my physical body of like, oh, the clutter or doing the household things or being a good partner, I still was right here with my kids. I've never left them. I've never chosen to not be with them. I've never gone away from them. I'm always go to work, come home. I'm here. I'm mom. We eat dinner together every night. So unless they were so intuitive, which again, Olivia is a little bit, they wouldn't have noticed a difference. Now John did. John noticed and John just picked up the slack and just kept going and he kept leaving my piles, but he kept doing everything else, you know, cleaning the litter boxes, taking the dogs for the walk, like doing all the things. And so when my eyes opened up, what are some of the things I started doing? I started going for walks with John when he would walk the dogs. I was like, oh, I'll go with you. And that has become this time for us where we go for a walk, maybe two times a night, we go for a walk with the dogs while the kids stay in the house. And it's like, okay, 
we've now established this time together where we can have adult talk and, you know, or just walk together and be outside. Um, and it's me doing something with him as opposed to him just walking the dogs. Um, I'm trying to be more mindful of when I see the dog food is empty or when I, you know, clean the litter boxes, like these things that John does that I take for granted. Uh, my eyes were open that day. My eyes were like, Oh, these are the areas you've been failing at for like eight months at the time. And so am I perfect? Hell no. And no one can be. There's always going to be someone that does more in the relationship and it's always going to ebb and flow, right? It's always going to be, sometimes I'm going to do more and sometimes he's going to do more and sometimes we're going to be equal and sometimes we won't be. And it's almost impossible to be equal in the house because I work outside of the house. So 40 hours a week I'm at work and then I come home and, you know, John's already done most of the day-to-day home stuff. And then because he's the guy, he's also doing the mowing the lawn and he's also doing all the outside stuff. So he's got a lot on his plate. And when I was living in my depression and living in my mania, none of that mattered, right? I couldn't see, I couldn't see through all of that. And so if you're struggling right now, what I want you to do is take a breath and give yourself grace and realize that it's going to be okay. And maybe you need a nap and you need to wake up from the nap and your eyes will be open. Or maybe you're just in it and it's okay to be in it. And it's okay to say, I need help right now. And it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with asking for help from the people that are closest to you. There's nothing like saying to that person, and like when my eyes were open and I said to John, hey, I see the piles and I'm sorry. And I was like ready to clean them right then and there. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like you're not going to now just get into this. He's like, take a breath. Like it's okay. And so now there's healthy piles around the house, right? There's the normal, we did the laundry and the shit's there for a minute, but there's not piles of piles of clothes and I'm not living out of clean clothes piles. And there's nothing wrong with that if you are. Please understand that what I'm saying to you is it was absolutely out of control. It was not normal pile. It was like, if you struggle with depression or you struggle with, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, the piles I'm talking about, those are not normal piles. Those are piles of people that like almost it's like borderline. Hey, I'm going to call hoarders on you. That's how my workout room was looking. Um, you know, not quite that bad, but like it was getting there and you wouldn't have known because right, that door would be shut. And if you came over, you would have seen a house that was relatively put together, but let's be honest, I have three kids and we don't care that much, but my spaces were cluttered. My workspaces were cluttered with papers. My little area at work had papers and papers and papers and in clutter. And I had to, over the last month and a half, really dig myself out of that, really start to like, you know, at work, organize my things, you know, take the time to create lists and to create the ability to, um, to organize myself. And, like, as I'm saying work out loud, I'm thinking, oh, I got to call my coworker because there's something that I need her to do, you know, I need her to do, um, to submit. Right. So my mind is already clearer. And I think that it's just important to know 
that everyone is going to have seasons of ups and downs. And if you struggle with mental health, your downs are going to be lower than everyone else's and your highs are going to be higher than everyone else's. And it's okay. You will be okay. And your family, as long as your heart leads first, as long as love leads first, your family is going to be okay. So I'm going to say that again. As long as you're leading with love, your family is going to be okay. So I challenge you to ask those around you for feedback. I challenge you to say, hey, are there moments that you feel that I could do better? Or, you know, do you know that I love you? Do you know, are there moments that you felt like I didn't love you? And ask for that feedback and then you can give back the feedback that when they say, well, that time you didn't give me ice cream, you can say, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that that's the only time you felt that way. But that was just me being a mom, right? Like, or when your spouse gives you something like real hard back and says, yeah, when you did, you know, when you didn't clean the litter boxes for six months, I felt unloved. I felt like disrespected. I felt X, Y, and Z. You can take that opportunity to say, I am so sorry that you felt that way while I was going through this. That was not my intention. I hear you. I see you. And I'm going to make an effort to be better. You always have an opportunity to grow. You always have an opportunity to be better. You just have to ask for the feedback and you have to be brave enough. You have to be brave enough to live your life, as Brene Brown says, in the arena. So if I'm living in the arena, if I'm living in my life and I'm choosing to be an active participant in my life, there are going to be seasons of messy. There are going to be moments that you hurt people. There are going to be moments when people are going to hurt you. But you have to be brave enough to ask for feedback, to hear the feedback, And then to make either an apology or a change in a positive direction. So I challenge you today to ask someone you love for feedback. And as always, thank you for tuning in. I cannot wait to continue to provide you with so much fun, funny, real, raw, valuable, just whatever, all things. Hey guys, it's Jess.